build them houses. I would like to take my key scripture from the book of Psalm 127. Build them houses. Psalm 127. I read from verse 1 and 2. But the key point is verse 1. I'm sure you're looking at your Bible. Except the Lord build the house, the labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the workmen work it but in vain. It is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows, for so be it. So he giveth his beloved world sleep. Hallelujah. The word is saying, except God does something, your labor is what? Is in vain. Hallelujah. And there is no need. It's of no use. Laboring till late. And eating the bread of sorrow. You know what the bread of sorrow really means here? It's talking about the causes that God placed on Adam. In Genesis 3. 17 and 19. That's the bread of sorrow. Now, what he's saying is God is taking away all of those things that you may come to live the life of joy and fruitfulness. Amen. But the issue is building. That is where we are concerned this morning, which is verse 1. Except the Lord build the house, the labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman work it but in vain. Now, the house, dimensions of houses, if I may use the word, uh, you need to write them down. There are three, three levels, I think, there has to be the issue of this house. The first level, I believe, is maybe the worship temple of God is a house. The house of God shall be called the house of prayer. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. In other words, except God helps man, Building a temple for God is still going to be in vain. Except God helps a man. If you're raising a church with human effort, it's still going to be in vain. Amen? Except the Lord build. Now, watch what he said in the book of Matthew. He said, I will build my church. Did he say so? And the gates of hell cannot prevail. So it all simply means the one that man builds, gates of hell can prevail. Yeah. Number two level of this house, as I understand it, has to do with maybe a personal structure, personal building, where you want to reside, where you want to stay. It's a house. Amen. And then number three, this one is more important to me. The house to me is the family setting. So you can talk about the church as a building. You can talk about the place you need to reside, your own structure that you put together. And then you talk about the family. But this one is much more important to me. Except the Lord build the family. They that labor to build, they be but what? But in vain. In fact, every one of us need God to come down to our families. Amen. Hallelujah. Do you understand what I'm saying? If God doesn't build a family, if you struggle to build a family, I don't see anything better than the synagogue of Satan. Human effort to raise a family. You end up building the synagogue of Satan. Where father will fight a mother, mother fighting children, children. Is anybody understand what I'm talking about here? Human effort to build a house that don't guarantee peace. We all need God. Hallelujah. We all need God. All marriages. I am praying this morning 
needs the presence of God. In the name of Jesus Christ. Because where marriages are not influenced and blessed by God, I'm not just talking about making children and making money. Making children and making money is not a guarantee of peace in the home. But remember, that's a house. Do you understand what I'm saying here? A marriage that God does not get involved in will end up becoming a public and a private cause and embarrassment. We all need God to come to our homes. Hallelujah. Except the Lord builds the house, they that labor to build the people what? But in vain. We all need God. Every family needs God. Even if you think there is peace now, you need more God. More of his presence. So that more peace we stay. Can I hear an amen to that? Amen. To me, this is a very crucial subject. Because there are homes where there is virtually no peace. Now, I'm going to be looking at just three factors. There are several that the Lord made me to see. But I'm going to look at just three factors, and I'll give you scriptures, that enable you to come to the place where God will begin to help to build your home for you. I mean, if you want to hear that. Just three things. Except the Lord build a house, they that labor to build, they be but world, but in vain. You can see a husband buying presents for the wife. But that is not a guarantee that there is peace between them. Have you noticed that? That's laboring to build but in vain. Why? Because something could be wrong with the woman or something could be wrong with the man. So the natural things alone does not produce the peace that is needed. God has to move into the heart of these people. God has to begin to reveal his mind for what a family ought to be. God has to begin to make the man or the woman to take their rightful position in the home. Until that is done, they that labor to build the house, they be but what? But in vain. Hallelujah. So it's no longer a man's struggle, but it's rather a place of submitting to God. As understanding comes to us individually, that is why the man must pray for the woman. That is why the woman must pray for the man. That's why the children must pray. That's why everybody in the home must pray for one another. So that God will begin to visit and God will begin to speak. God will begin to melt the heart, take away the heart of stone and replace them with the heart of flesh. So that the instructions of God might penetrate and take root and then grow up. And then we we'll begin to look at the fruit of the spirit that we're looking at this morning. Praise the Lord. What leads to God building us a sure house? Very critical. What are some of the factors? It's a question I'm asking. What could lead God to building us a sure house? Amen? I'm going to answer this question. But I'm, like I said, I'm going to look at just three major factors that God will see and begin to build you a sure house. Because I accept the Lord build a house. They are labor to build. They be but what? But event. Like I said, my major concern is the issue of the home. That is the house I think is more crucial to me. Praise the living God. Let's look at the book of 1 Samuel chapter 2. And then we see what God was speaking. Here. To Eli. In relation to his own home. Second Samuel, I mean first Samuel chapter 2. I'm looking at verse 34 to 35. Hallelujah. Are we there together? And they shall be a sign unto thee. As I come upon thy two sons, on Hophini and Phineas, in one day they shall die, both of them. And I will raise me up a faithful priest. Can I hear an amen to that? Yes. 
that shall do according to that which is in my heart and in my mind. And I will do what? I will build him a sure house. And he shall walk before my anointed for what? Forever. I'm going to raise up a faithful priest. Hallelujah. That shall do according to. That is the key thing I want you to know there. That shall do according to that which is in my heart and in my mind. And because he will do according to what is in my heart and in my mind, I will build him a sure house. Not just a house, but a sure house. Hallelujah. The word a sure house there, a man in the Hebrew, actually means to build up or support, to foster as a parent or a nurse. And I'm interested in that. In other words, by reason of the faithfulness of the priest that he was going to raise, who will do his will, his mind, his intent, he will become a father to him to father his children. Did you get that? Because it means to foster as a parent or a nurse. Now, you can, know, you can understand what nurses do. What, what they do, what they do, what nurses do in their place of work. Huh? How much care they take of the patients. Picture who a nurse should be to you, assuming you were sick. Picture the kind of jobs nurses do at the hospital. God said, I will be a nurse to you because you are doing according to my mind and my heart. Don't forget what we're talking about. Except the Lord builds the house. They that labor to be, they do what? They be but in vain. How many of you understand that God can literally speak to the wife or the mother or the children if they go wrong that they might repent of the things they were doing? He said, I'm going to be a foster parent to you. By implication, merely looking at this, we see God coming down to become a father to your family. So, you now have a father who is fathering the fathers and the children. Hallelujah. It means to render firm or faithful. And it means to be permanent or quiet. I like that. A sure house. To be permanent or quiet. What is God saying? If you build your family, there's going to be peace. He makes sure there is peace. Look at what he said to Eli. I'm going to raise up a faithful priest who will do according to my mind and according to my heart. And I will build him what? A sure house. Praise the living God. I will be in a sure house simply means I will continue the priesthood in his family. By implication, what he's saying, hey, listen, I'm taking away Hophini and Phineas, though you have been my priest, but I'm going to raise another priest that will continue. In other words, I'm going to make sure that through that priest I'm going to raise, there will always be a seed will be a priest unto me. And basically, we're talking about David. Hallelujah. Are you following me? He was talking about David. That is why there was a continuous someone to stand on the throne. In certain my reason why David has to be the one, as it were, that fathered or Jesus came through the genealogy of David. Because God made his promise to Eli. I'm going to read a faithful priest. We will do according to my mind and according to my heart. And I will build him a sure house. By implication... I'm cutting off Ophini and Phineas, but the priest I'm going to raise, I will make sure his family continues because I've seen his heart and it's going to do according to my mind and according to my heart. Hallelujah. 
Our brother want more through this to the fathers of every family. When God raised a priest in the family, it's not the woman that he raised as a priest. Maybe you need to know this. That before the Levitical priesthood was put in place, every father in Israel was a priest to the family. Do you understand that? And that is the reason why Job was offering sacrifices. Because he was a father. Every priest, I mean every father was a priest before the law. Praise the living God. And that gives you an additional responsibility as a believer. That you all got a duty as a father in your home to function as a priest. And I say this so women, recognize the priesthood of your husband. It's very important. That is why sometimes though I joke with it, but it's very crucial. If you look at the life of Sarah, who is supposed to be your mother, whose daughters ye are, according to the scripture, Sarah never called the husband honey. Amen? Somebody's happy about that one. Hallelujah. Hey, am I talking to someone here? As at when Sarah was calling Abraham Lord, they have no Isaac. So, Papa Bomboy doesn't feature. Because there was no Bomboy for Sarah to refer to. You know, so many of us call our husband by our children's name. To me, it's not scriptural. You are not recognizing the lordship of the man. Now, I'm not placing women under bondage. But I'm talking of the standard home that God intends to build. And Abraham and Sarah are typical examples of the home that God built. Hallelujah. Let me explain this. When a man blesses a woman, her business goes faster. Somebody don't understand what I'm saying here. But these are principles and mysteries in God's word. Look at the way First Corinthians puts it. God is the head of Christ. Christ is the head of the man. The man is the head of the woman. Did the Bible say so? Now, God can bless Christ, in quotes. Christ can bless the man. The man can bless the woman. Did you get the principle? <laughs> it's part of what the scripture says, submit unto your husband. Wives, submit unto your husband. Did the Bible say so? Part of the principle of submission is acknowledging the priesthood of the man in the family. Because he is not the rightful place to offer the sacrifice. I never saw any woman priesthood going to the temple to offer sacrifice. God have not changed. In Christ, there's not that many of female. Sure, I do agree. I have just read 1 Corinthians 11. That is a New Testament order. The same Paul who wrote, there's not that male or female. Also wrote, man is the head of the woman. Husband, love your wife. Are you following what I'm saying here? Even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. One of the ways by which you show your love to your wife is to ensure that your wife comes to the place of true spiritual understanding just like you. That is why it is to me out of order for the woman to know more than a man. But I agree the Holy Ghost have no discrimination about gender. Yes, sir. But if you must be a Christian man, you must come to that place. Now, I remember a family some time ago. And I love this family. I think Jane and John Hunters. I can't remember again precisely. But this woman had the grace of healing. 
And when they go to meetings, the husband will be the one to present the woman. To introduce her. And she comes and all of that. One day they were just about having this healing crusade. And the Lord spoke to the woman. Your husband will be the one to pray for the people today. And the woman simply said, excuse me? God says you'll be the one to preach and pray for the people. Ah, the man said, but you know, he said, that is what God said. And she stepped aside. And the man moved in. And the same thing the woman was doing tremendously was done. Now, I was thinking the woman would say, hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey, hey. No, 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 no. <laughs> Hallelujah. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Submission and listening to the voice of God. In building a home. A home that will have reputation. A home that will have recognition. A home that people can look on to. How is going to do it? We just need to listen and do according to the will and mind, the intents of God. So if I know my role as a husband, I don't have to do what God intends me to do. And you know your role as a woman, you don't have to do what God intends you to do. And God's interest comes into that home. And what happens? He becomes a foster father to every one of us. Now when God becomes a father to us, there can be no lack. Are you getting this? There should be no sickness. Because he acts like a nurse, the scripture says. Sure house, a mom. Is that okay? No sickness. If there is anyone, he heals us because he's going to be acting as a nurse. There is going to be peace. Because one of the definitions of a mom is quietness. We may pray for peace and it doesn't come because we're not doing God's mind and will. Glory to God. So what the first thing that we need to do to draw God's attention for him to build us a sure house. One, we have to do that which is the heart and the mind of the Lord. Hallelujah. Is that okay? Praise the living God. I'm just taking my time so that you can understand what I'm saying because I want the best for every one of us as believers. We don't have to have our life in such a way that it's more of a ridicule to other people, especially those who are not believers. Some of our homes are embarrassment to the name of Christ. Am I correct, somebody? Let's understand this. In fact, it is a disgrace and an embarrassment that our home should, should live the way we live and in fact experience lack. It's an embarrassment. Because where is the fatherhood of God in our families? Where is the fatherhood of God in our families? Amen. Praise the living God. God said, I will bless the works of the hand. Whatever the hand to touch, I'll give to you for possession. Whatever you step upon. Are we seeing this thing manifested? I don't think so. Why are they not manifesting? Because God is not building the house that we're building. We are struggling to put things right, to do things right, to build a home, to do everything. Now listen to me. We use the principle of the world sometimes to build God's kingdom. Hmm? Now, I'm not saying those things are wrong, but let's be honest. Some of the people tell you, hey, just go out there, buy one ring, buy one earring, buy one handkerchief, whatever, and give and give and give, gift, whatever. No, let's be honest. Do you think those things can really make the woman love you or make the man love you? If you're not acting in obedience and respect. I wear with your gift, brethren. No, let's be honest. Somebody just insulted you to your face and went out and bought you. A ring. Can you use it? But we lack respect for one another. I mean, that's, I think to me, it's the principle of the world. I think to me, you do those things, it's like you're doing it to a girlfriend outside or to a boyfriend outside whom you've hurt, you want. Yeah, fine, they can walk, but let me understand it. When the spirit is not involved in those things, it amounts to nothing. 
Hallelujah. If our heart can change towards one another, if true love flows, mere good morning can bring healing. Amen. I've seen a man bought the car for the wife. And the next day, the next day, huh? Well, I was there in Lake. Yeah, I said, what, what, what do you think you are doing? What is this? The next day, so forget about that one. What the understanding is not there as to the role you are supposed to play in relation to your wife and relation to your husband. Forget about applying the principle of the world. It can't work. Hallelujah. We do know that where there is love and understanding, no matter the quality of the food, it can be taken with joy and gladness. Am I right? With all gladness. With joy. Let me give you number two factor. First King chapter 11. Except the Lord build the house, the labor to build, those who are building, they are doing that in vain. Emptiness. Glory to God. I want the best for everyone. So I tell you the truth. Amen? Judge Hatton said something. He said, those who speak the truth are not a darling of the world. And there are very few who like listening to truth. That is true. Men who say truth are not loved by people. Amen? First Kings 11, are you there? I'm living the life of Jeroboam. Verse 38. Scripture says, and it shall be. If thou were hearken unto all that I command thee, and will walk in my ways, and do that is right in my sight, to keep my status and my commandments, as David my servant did, oh my God, that I will be with thee, and build thee a sure house, as I built for David, and I will give Israel unto thee, oh my God. Look at promises. And daring house. A house that cannot be shaken. I'm not talking about starting marriage today, raising children, and the trouble tomorrow. No. Sure and daring house. Hallelujah. If you keep my word, if you keep my commandment, that's what I'm saying. Let's go to the scripture. What is God expecting the woman to do? What is God expecting a man to do? Do your part. Let me play my part. And what's going to be the next thing? God will do for us what? Our sure house. Hallelujah. God will be for us a sure house. I was listening to my tomorrow yesterday and I love what he said. Life is based on principles and laws. And they are very simple. Breaking laws is even more difficult than obeying laws. Because the effect of breaking laws is definitely readily available. You could just experience them. Like I mentioned. Why not you simply say and obey when the scriptures say, Thou shalt not steal. And just simply take it and stop stealing. Why experiment on stealing? To know that stealing is bad. Are you still there with me? He that keeps my commandment. God was speaking to Jeroboam. Listen. Hey, Jeroboam, hear me here. If thou can hack into all that I command thee. Not me. There are specific instructions that God was going to give to Jeroboam. Are you there? And walk in my ways. Not in my acts. We love the act of God and not the ways of God. Praise the living God. We love the signs and wonders of God. We love the miracles of God. But we don't, we don't love the way he walks. Hallelujah. And do that is right in my sight. Not in your sight. Not what you think. Not what you think is right. But in the sight of the Lord. Have you ever asked your question this question? This thing I want to do. How is it in the sight of God? 
Anderson, just like I read the book. Some people came together in a business setting. And I think that's where that slogan came from. Anytime they want to take a decision, it was even a publishing house. And they came to a conclusion they would not want to publish anything falsehood. And so in the board meeting, anytime anything comes that they want to discuss, the first question is, what will Jesus do? If Jesus were sitting on this seat, what will he do? The answer you will get by the Holy Spirit will save your life if you respond to it. For instance, let us even assume this. You want to slap your wife because of what she did. What would Jesus do if he was the one in your place? If you can answer that question rightly, I am very convinced you will not slap. Can I hear an amen to that? Amen. Am I correct? You look at your husband on the face. Eyeball to eyeball because of what she have, he has just done to you. And now you want to spit on your husband. The question comes, if Jesus were standing in my place, what will he do? The answer will definitely come, Jesus will not spit on your husband. Are you sitting there with me? Listen, it's if you can do and walk in my ways. In my ways. And the scripture said, he has left us an example to do what? To follow. If we can follow his examples, we will have peace. He has left on an example to follow. We don't have our own way to walk. He's got his way that he walked. And he said we should walk the way he walked. If you can walk in my ways. And do that which is right in my sight. To keep my statutes and my commandments. As David my servant did. Now sometimes you come to me and say well you know I'm just an ordinary man. But good. He's not using Christ as an example. He's using a human being called David. As an example, he said, Jeremiah, listen to me. David walked in my ways. He did that which was right in my sight. I built him a sure house. If you can, you know that way saying, follow the example of David. Am I correct? So don't tell me what I'm saying is not, it's not easy or it's difficult. Don't tell me that because somebody who lived just like you was able to please God to the point that God began to make him a reference point for every discussion that he has with people. May your life become a reference point. Yes. Hallelujah. He said that I will be with thee. You know what it means to be with you? To be united. Hear me and hear me well. How did Joseph succeed in Egypt? The Bible said the Lord was with Joseph. Why are we not succeeding? God is not with us. Everything Joseph did is succeeded because God was with him. He said, I will be with thee. That's a promise. The business will do well. Everything you thought will do well. Why? Because God is with you. Why? You're keeping his commandment. You're doing that which is right in his sight. Hallelujah. And then I'll build thee a sure house. I'm thinking that every other thing succeeds. But the most important thing God is concerned about is to make sure you have the right family. Glory to God. You have the family with peace. You have the family with joy. You have the family wearing my goodness. People can envy and say, oh, what a peaceful home this is. Glory to God. Why? Because you keep the commandments of God. You keep the instructions of God. Somebody said, what commandment? Are you talking about the law? No, no, no. God speaks to you every day. Hallelujah. The Bible you read speaks to you every day. You got a position Right from the scripture, how he wants you to live, how he wants you to conduct yourself. It's right there in the Bible. Children, obey your parents, the scripture says. Am I right? Ephesians 6 explains everything. He spoke about children. He spoke about husband. He spoke about wife. So don't tell me you don't know what to do. Anytime you put up an action in the home, ask yourself, is this action in obedience to the word? Is it a sign of obedience to my parents? Ask yourself the question. Glory to God. So what's the number two factor? Keep Praise the living God. Let's get down to number three. And I love this one. I promise you three factors. I love this one. 
Except the Lord build the house, they that labor to build, they be but what? But in vain emptiness. But there is a place where you do not labor to build, somebody builds and you enter. It's a place of rest. In raising our home, in building our structures, there's a place of rest. He promised that you shall inherit houses that you do not build. Did he say so? Mm. Praise the Lord. Exodus chapter 1. And I like this one. Exodus chapter 1. I'm reading from verse 15. Hallelujah. 15 says, And the king of Fiji spake to the Hebrew midwives. I like it to my midwives because that's my intention in this place. Of which the name of the one was Shifra and the name of the other poor. And he said, When you do the office of the midwife to the Hebrew women and see them upon these tools, if it be a son, then you shall kill him. But if you be a daughter, then you shall leave. Now Pharaoh is giving the instruction, remember. But the midwives feared God. Mark fear God. Now verse 17. Did you see that? But the midwives did what? Fear God. And did not as the king of Egypt commanded them. But save the men children alive. Somebody need to fear God. In your place of work. Come on. In your place of work. The midwives were on duty. Hallelujah. The midwives were on duty. That's what I'm trying to make you see. They were performing a secular work. Not a Christian duty. Am I right? <laughs> Amen. They were not believers. Number two. Because they were... Egyptian midwives. Were they Hebrew midwives? No. They were not believers. I want you to capture this because it's very crucial to me. And the midwives said unto Pharaoh, no, verse 18 rather, and the king of Egypt called for the midwives and said unto them, why have you done these things? I have saved the men children alive. And the midwives said unto Pharaoh, because the Hebrew women are not as Egyptian women, for they are lively. Everybody say lively. That means they have life in them. And that is why you are lively stones. By reason of the covenant of God through Abraham, you are lively stones. They are lively. They are not like the Egyptian women. And I said that to everyone here present. Every woman in this church, you have life within you. So what happens to the Egyptian women was not happen to you. What happened to the people of the world is no longer your portion. In the name of Jesus Christ. They are lively. And I deliver uh, the midwives coming unto them. In other words, if you are going to the labor room, before the doctor comes, the child is out. Hallelujah. Did you get that? Before the doctor shows up, the child is out. Verse 20. Therefore God dealt with the dead well with the midwives. What's the meaning of that? Because they feared God. Did you get that? God dealt well with what? The midwives. And the people multiplied and worked very mighty. God dealt well with the midwives. I want you to know that in your place of work, you can so fear God that God will deal with you well. Praise the living God. Verse 21. And it came to pass because the midwives feared God. What happened? That God made them what? Houses. Hallelujah. Did you follow that? Now, I'm sorry but I can say that. Is it possible therefore that we can see that some unbelievers home 
they have more peace than the homes of believers. Are you there with me? They were not believers. But they feared God. And God dealt well with them. Is it in the Bible? And not just that. He built their world. Sure houses. The same promise. He made to David. He made to Jeroboam. He gave to the midwives. Who were not even believers. Why? Because they did what? They feared God. In their dealings, they feared God. May the fear of God come upon your life. May you walk with fear. I'm talking of respect for God wherever you find yourself. It attracts God's attention. It brings his mind onto you. He sees you. And he deals well with you. Listen, I'm not just preaching this morning. I'm trying to admonish us. And I'm trying to beg us, if I may use the word of Apostle Paul. I plead you to you. I'm trying to beg of you. Let's live the life where God will be interested in our lives. They feared God. God did well with them. Not just that. He built for them what? Sure houses. It means... They have children that were responsible. They have husbands that God was watching over. Can you imagine God becoming the parents of an unbeliever? Because a wife feared God. I don't know who preached to them. But here we are. Every day somebody is preaching to us. God is talking to us. We listen to message. We listen to the radio. But how much the fear of God do we have in doing the things we do and living the life we live? And when God does not watch over our lives, to build for us the foundation that we're supposed to be in. We cry devil every day. But I'm giving you simple principles. The little I know as God reveals them to me. That we can have peaceful homes. We can have prosperous homes. We can have quiet homes. If only we can do this simple thing that God is asking us to do. Hallelujah. Check with me Hebrews chapter 6. Hebrews chapter 6. Mm. God built for them a show house. Egyptian women who were not believers, who were just doing their normal duty as midwives. That is, wherever you find yourself, my friend, you can still be a servant of the Most High God. Whatever job you are doing, God is interested in how you carry out your job. Especially as it relates to the children of God. Hebrews 6, verse number 10. Are you there? Scripture says, For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love, which you have shown towards his name, and in that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. I would like you to connect this to the Hebrew we have, Exodus we have just read. God is not unmindful. To forget what? Your labor of love. Which you have shown to the saints. It simply means. God looked at this woman who feared God. And what did they do to the children of God there? They saved their lives. That was their labor of love. Am I correct here somebody? So what was the reward God gave to them? God dealt well with them. And not just only that. He built them what? Houses. So listen. Sometimes you think when you minister to the saints, God is not seeing you. Sometimes you think you are just laboring for nothing. No, no, no. There is a reward that you connect to for the things that you are doing to the body of Christ. Hallelujah. So what basically is the third entail? Your attitude towards his saints and the church. That's the third thing I want to give to you. Your attitude towards the saints and which people? And the church. How do you treat the saints? How do you look at the saints? How do you look at the church? The body of Christ. What is your attitude towards the church? God sees that. And he deals well with you. And not just that. He builds for you what? It's your house. Now, watch this. 
David made a statement. Yeah, take it down, very important. Key factors that you need to understand. Is that okay? David made a statement and he said, Hey, Lord, don't let me bring forth for trouble. Come on, did you hear that? I pray nobody gets an Absalom in this church. Because if you have one Absalom in your home, you know what I'm talking about. Your life is finished. For David to say that, I think was thinking about Absalom. One child alone that is a troubleshooter will run down the whole of your life. Sell your properties. But here we are today. The Bible is talking to us. God is speaking to us. If only we can do those things. Listen to me. God can restrain your children from wherever they are. No matter how wayward they have become, God can bring them back home. He sees your heart. If you can go by just these three keys this morning. He sees your heart. He understands what you are doing. Listen to me. This is not a matter of carrying the Bible on your head or something. I'm talking about your attitude in life towards the word of God and towards the church. Because the Hebrew women were not believers, but they treat the, I mean, the, the, the Egyptian midwives were not Hebrew people, but they treated these Hebrew children and the women with fear and respect because they know where they belong to. The way you treat the children of God, the way you treat the church, the way you respond to the people God sent to you, may God to treat you well and to be for you what is your house. Hallelujah. I would like you to go back just a little bit to verse 11 and 12 of the same Exodus chapter 1. 11 and 12. And then we're going to close from there. I'm just trying to admonish us today. Because I see an evil on the earth. I see an evil even within the body of Christ. I see situations where homes are not at peace. I see situations. God was speaking this to me only about two weeks ago anyway. I see situations. Two things he gave to me two weeks ago. Fruit of righteousness. Build a show house. And I begin to meditate. And this thing begins to come out. Hallelujah. Now. 11 and 12 of Exodus 1. Therefore they did set over the tax makers to afflict them. That is, Pharaoh now was afflicting the children of Israel. With their burdens. And they beat for Pharaoh, precious cities, pitons, and ramses. But the more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied and grew. And they were grievous or grieved because of the children of Israel. Now, I read this to prove this point to you. If God's covenant is upon your life, nothing is going to stop you from prospering. In other words, there is a Pharaoh, which is, if I'm using a type of Satan, that wants to oppress you. Are you still there? But God is with you by reason of the covenant he has entered with you. So there is no way any Satan can stop you from prospering. Did you follow what I just said here? The more they afflict them, the more they do what? They prosper. The more they afflict them, the more they grew and multiply. The seed of God in your life is too powerful for any devil to stop from productive. Men are just afraid for nothing. Men, I tell you, when you sleep, sleep well. Psalm 127 verse number 2. The Bible says, God give it the beloved sleep. Sleep well and get good visions and dreams and wake up the next day. See, God spoke to you. Hallelujah. God speaks to me more. 60% of most of the things I share with you are the things that God gives to me in my visions of the night. I cleanse my spirit in the evening before I go to bed. I have expectation God must visit me. I don't live my life carelessly. I may joke with you in the day, do everything with you in the day, but if I'm going to my bed, man, I'm not carrying anything of this wall to that realm. Because I know that's where my natural man goes to sleep and God begins to impact my spirit and give me words and visions because I know I must come to you. I have to first be with the presence of the Lord by prayers and seeking his faith before I come to you. I will come to you just looking at some, what somebody put on television. 
That may not be what you need. Hallelujah. That is why I don't joke with my sleep. My wife gets to know that very soon. If I'm on bed, I don't joke. I, I, you know, I, I don't take anything to make me sleep. I sleep. Amen. Hallelujah. Because my heart is at rest. I sleep. And, and, and because I sleep, and because God gives me sleep, he shows I'm beloved of him. I'm not talking now. <laughs> he talks to me when I'm sleeping. Are you still there? Oh, how many of you understand that's a realm for God to communicate? How did I been? Oh my God, look at it. Have you known Isaac? How did Isaac's rebel come? The Bible says it wasn't a deep meditation. To me, deep meditation equals sleep. I'll prove that to you. If you go down to the book of Genesis, the Bible says, for God to bring the woman from Adam, it has to cause a deep sleep. Have you remembered that? Okay. So how did he even speak to Abraham when he was to cut a covenant with Abraham? The Bible said he gave him a deep sleep. My man, this thing comes from God. When he wants to give you some visions that you cannot understand the natural. That's why I don't play with my sleep. Are you still there with me? Somebody say you sleep so much. Ah, yeah. Because I don't have to. You see, he's talking about those who who, who don't sleep and eat the bread of sorrow. Have you read it there? You're sitting all night. What has it amounted to? Talk to me. Mm. Now, I want to reemphasize this point. The Bible says, the more they afflicted them, the more they do what? They multiply and grew. So there is an expansion because there's a covenant in your life that the devil can't stop. I don't see any devil stopping you. I want you to be at rest. I want you to be at peace. I want you to know that God means well with you. Because if God be for you, who can be against you? Glory to God. You are qualified for a sure house. God is not saying this in vain. I see your families coming together. I see understanding coming to everybody in your family. I see every one of you coming together. Come on, stand up. I see love flowing in your families. I see children loving their mother. I see mothers loving their children, fathers loving everyone. I see unity in your family. In the name of the Lord Jesus.